You've got questions? God's got answers. This is God Said, Man Said feature article 778 that will once again prove the full inerrancy of God's holy word. I need to know that God's word is true and righteous altogether. A believer's life is built upon the word of God when there's doubt. The mountain won't move. I need to know God's answers are the right answers, even when his answers are not the ones I envisioned or desired. Do you know how to get to heaven from here? Do you know how to live this life and live it more abundantly? Do you know how to be freed from sin's bondages? Do you know how to obtain a holy peace that passes all understanding? God's Word has the answers, and it starts with born again. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? Are you ready for answers that save the soul and satisfy the mind? Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Revelation 10, 5 and 6, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Man said, there was a big explosion. Let's call it the Big Bang, and voila, here we are. Makes sense, doesn't it? Now the record. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12 speaks of the coming Antichrist and the contamination of the souls of men. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, and they shall believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness is faith in God in action. Unrighteousness, on the other hand, is unbelief in God in action. Those who embrace the deceivableness of unrighteousness are sent strong delusion that they should believe a lie, and the glaring difference between the two camps dramatically certifies the God-said-man-said principle of the 180. A circle has 360 degrees. At the 180-degree mark, we are at exact opposites. For example, God is love, Satan is hate. God is light, Satan is darkness. God is truth. Satan is the father of lies. God is life, even eternal life. Satan is death, even eternal, cognizant, tormented death. When God says yes, Satan always says no. The 180 principle, the same type of measure, but opposite ends of the yardstick. Consider that God said he created this world and its universe in six 24-hour days just over 6,000 years ago. But evolution says there is no need for the God of the Bible, that we are an accident basically formed from nothing, the result of a big explosion that took place billions of years ago. This is the fruit of deceivableness of unrighteousness. 
This camp dwells in strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Wrangle and wrestle with the truth as they do. They unwittingly always end up knocking on heaven's door. The issue of time in this feature is central to much of their befuddlement. The new information in this feature is not so much new, but simply risen to the surface in evolution's ongoing puzzlement. The following foundational paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Mystery of the Second Law, published several years ago. Their questions are in all the right places, but no answers for the carnally enlightened ones. The source of all knowledge is God, and His Bible is the owner's manual that He has given man to navigate one's life. To reject his words is to be placed on the sea of this existence without compass, lost, and without purpose. In the June 19, 2010 issue of Science News in the Bookshelf feature, a new book by Sean Carroll is highlighted. The title of his book is From Eternity to Here, The Quest for the Ultimate Theory of Time. The following excerpt is from the Science News Review of Carroll's book. Caltech physicist Sean Carroll's articulate exposition avoids any pretension of solving the problem. Instead, he tells a rich story of the various attempts to track time's arrow to its source, which clearly has something to do with the second law of thermodynamics. That law requires the amount of disorder or entropy in a closed system to stay the same or increase over time until reaching its maximum possible level. Time marches forward because entropy in the past was lower than now. But that explanation merely restates the problem by defining the past as a time of lower entropy. Explaining time's arrow, Carroll asserts, requires explaining why entropy was so low at the Big Bang. End of quote. 2 Timothy 3 verse 7 speaks of the wicked and reads, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The ungodly questions are in all the right places, but because of their clear rejection of God's word, the truth, they are doomed to their fruitless search and their quest for things like the source of the time arrow. The review of Mr. Carroll's book highlights three issues. One, tracking time's arrow to its source. Two, how the second law of thermodynamics and entropy ruled the world of time. And three, why was entropy so low at the theorized Big Bang? The source of time's arrow is a creator issue. The law of entropy is a sin issue. Why disorder was so low in the beginning is an issue of the word good. In Genesis chapter 131, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Concerning thermodynamics, Jeremy Rifkin writes the following in his book, Entropy, A World View. Now, however, a new worldview is about to emerge, one that will eventually replace the Newtonian world machine as the organizing frame of history. The entropy law will preside as the ruling paradigm over the next period of history. Albert Einstein referred to it as the supreme metaphysical law of the entire universe. The entropy law is the second law of thermodynamics. The first law states that all matter and energy in the universe is constant, that it cannot be created or destroyed. Only its form can change, but never its essence. The second law, the entropy law, states that matter and energy can be changed in one direction, that is, from usable to unusable, or from available to unavailable, or from ordered to disordered, end of quote. 
Much confusion and debate exists in the field of science concerning the second law of thermodynamics. It is theorized that at the Big Bang, there was maximum chaos, which in scientific parlance means disorder or entropy. But time's arrow contradicts, because when one travels back in time, entropy decreases. This, of course, is the case. And now what to do with the Big Bang? Richard Morris, in his book Time's Arrow, Scientific Attitudes Toward Time, writes, There are other problems associated with attempts to apply the second law of thermodynamics to the universe as a whole. Presumably, the universe began in a very chaotic state. A chaotic state is by definition a state of high entropy. When we speak of chaos, we mean that there is a great deal of disorder. On the other hand, numerous kinds of structures have appeared since the universe began. For example, stars and galaxies have formed. The creation of this structure and the fact that stars gain entropy as they burn their nuclear fuel would seem to imply that the universe is far from a state of maximum entropy now. But how can this be if entropy was so high at the beginning? Doesn't the second law of thermodynamics tell us that entropy increases with time? End of quote. Or how about this statement by Don Page in Nature under the heading, Inflation Does Not Explain Time Asymmetry. The time asymmetry of the universe is expressed by the second law of thermodynamics that entropy increases with time as order is transformed into disorder. The mystery is not that an ordered state should become disordered, but that the early universe was in a highly ordered state. End of quote. They have rejected the truth. Consequently, they are frustrated by the obvious facts. Science is trying to track time's arrow to its source. For every human, the clock is the harbinger of death. We are all born with a time limit attached to our lives, and the second law reigns supreme. Was that the way it was in the beginning? The scriptures teach that Adam and Eve were created to live forever, and therefore the life clock in regard to man simply was not ticking. Amazingly enough, the Bible declares that in the end, time will be no more. Time's arrow, the clock, is regulated by the second law of thermodynamics, which can simply be defined as order to disorder, life to death. The scriptures call this scientific law the law of sin and death. Sin equals death. Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Romans 8, 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 and 57, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Time's arrow in regard to man and this earth has a source, all right, and that source is sin. But for the redeemed, this impediment will soon be gone, for sin and time shall be no more. The truth deniers in the field of science are flummoxed. Explaining time's arrow, Carol asserts, requires explaining why entropy was so low at the Big Bang. Keep in mind that entropy is a measurement of death, order to disorder, life to death. Why, they ask, was it so low at the theorized big explosion when the opposite should have been the case? The answer is oh so gloriously simple. 
Genesis 1.31 again reads, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Time's clock was just not ticking. The second law is the law of death, and it is a product of sin. In the scriptures, it is properly called the law of sin and death. This earth and its inhabitants, according to science and the Bible, are on a one-way street to destruction. Some scientists project that when entropy reaches its maximum, the universe will explode in a consuming blaze of fire. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are there shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. For you and me, God has made a way of escape. Click on the further with Jesus now, and again, it will be very good. Thousands of years before science asked the questions, the Word of God declared the answers, end of quotes. The deceivableness of unrighteousness will always embrace the lie, regardless of how implausible. The following excerpts are from the July 25, 2015 issue of Science News under the title, Time Zero. In its relationship to these tasks, time poses tough questions. Nobody really knows why time marches always forward as the universe grows bigger and irreversible processes within it generate increasing disorder. The second law of thermodynamics is somehow involved, most physicists believe, but they can't agree on how time's direction was determined at the origin of cosmic history. We get older, but never younger. There is a distinct arrow of time pointing in one direction. For nearly 140 years, scientists have tried to rule out the backward flow of time by way of nature's preference for disorder. Left alone, nature transforms the neat into the messy, a one-way progression that many physicists have used to define time's direction. But if nature prefers disorder now, it always has. The challenge is figuring out why the universe started out so orderly, thereby allowing disorder to grow and time to march forward when the early universe should have been messy. Despite many proposals, physicists have not been able to agree on a satisfying explanation. Unfortunately, physicists had to make a major assumption to connect entropy in the arrow of time. If entropy has been increasing since the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, then the universe's original entropy must have been low enough that even today the universe is not close to equilibrium. Yet as the jar of marbles reveals, there are not many ways for entropy to be low. If you randomly pick the universe's initial entropy value out of a hat, you'd almost certainly pick equilibrium, says Anthony Aguirre, a cosmologist at the University of California, Santa Cruz. A university and equal universe, pardon me, an equilibrium would be like the thoroughly mixed container of gas molecules, unchanging, with no heat flowing, no eggs to break, no pockets of order remaining to transform into disorder. And that's not what scientists see when they look at the universe, both in the past and today. This early universe entropy dilemma bothers many physicists. They want to prove that the universe is typical, 
that it did not need an exceptionally lucky break to evolve into its current condition, end of quotes. Students of the scriptures understand that what God had created was very good. Bible believers have the answer to the entropy problem, while evolutionists will continue to scratch their heads and embrace the impossible. That is the 180 principle on display. God's word has all the answers we will ever need during this life's journey. God said, Revelation chapter 10, 5 and 6, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Man said, there was a big explosion. Let's call it the Big Bang, and voila, here we are. Makes sense, doesn't it? Now you have the record.